Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. man it's young like bill and ted era keanu reeves what's up yeah totally excellent dude and it is i english accent keanu reeves i had rather be a kenka in a hedge than a rose in his grace in this though i cannot be said to be a flattering honest man it must be not denied but I am a plane-dealing villain. <laughs> there you go, right on. And I'm a bruiser, and you're a wizard, and this is Wizard the Bruiser, and we're doing an episode on Keanu Reeves, and researching it made me uh, rise. Let's see if we can get the tears out of me today. We'll see, especially now that I have a daughter and everything. I mean, it is just I mean, you also brutal. grew a beard and be and kind of hit your John Wick phase in recent years, I believe. I have hit my John Wick phase. Honestly, though, more than that, uh, yeah, I think I'm thinking you're back. <laughs> the River Phoenix stuff really uh, uh, got me too. We'll talk about it, but I'm uh, glad I understand you got th- into his biography because I'm like obsessed with Keanu the performer. Uh-huh. I feel like this episode is the dark mirror to our Nicolas Cage episode because yes. I found out they're practically the same age. They were born in the same year. Both have had decades long careers with like fits and starts. Both kind of became superstars by being unlikely action heroes uh-huh. in the post-Stallone Schwarzenegger. You know, they kind of broke that meta and were kind of this, like, more believable or more at least as, uh, just, just, uh, that just, it it's insane how their careers have kind of mirrored in the fact that, like, how you utilize Keanu Reeves pretty much makes the difference in how powerful his performance is. And while Nick Cage, we've gone in to just how bizarre his choices are, how bombastic, how like almost like an alien car wreck sometimes he is, and you can't look away, (laughs) Keanu kind of holds back a lot from the audience. Keanu kind of just makes these very subtle choices and is basically just kind of a cipher, just this like blank slate, honorable warrior that upon which if he's doing it right, everybody kind of can just believe themselves to inhabit And it's kind of an amazing thing. Like inside of every one of us, Holden, there is a Keanu and there is a Nick Cage. And the one that wins is the one you feed. Ah. Hell, both of them even have weird Buddhist philosophies if you like talk to them in interviews. Yes, absolutely. I I love doing this episode. I think Keanu's like an incredible soul. Mm -hmm. I think he's he's. 
this amazing figure. And you know, for me too, doing this episode, I, I love that you focus so much on the roles and and all that. Because for me, by the end of it, I was like, no matter how you feel about him as a performer, none of that shit matters at the end of the day. And we'll get into like why I feel that way and and how we we get to the point of like Keanu. Uh, you know, is very all over the place when it comes to his performance abilities, and that's completely okay because it's bigger than all of that. Yeah, <laughs> what this story is is bigger than all of that, and I'm excited to share it with everybody. But first, I have to share my little creature in a box. His name's Runky. Runky, and he loves to eat Doritos, and he hates what size any is other this food. box. Just so I know, uh, it's a it's like a jack in the box. It's oh, essentially okay. a jack okay. in the box. I'm going to turn this crank mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> All right, rookie, are you happy to be here? Or are you sad to be outside of your box for a second? Dorito, come here, come here, fucking Dorito. All right, I'll feed him some Dorito. Oh my oh. god! Can Rookie and Shumpo have a play date? Can we like have him oh, over? Please, I would love to introduce Rookie to to, to Shumbo. and I think that, and then we'll do you know Shumbo and the Rookie. Oh That'll be our god. spinoff. The worst. It's just two adult men screeching, demanding Doritos and pills. All right, let's get into it. We have so much to cover today. Keanu Charles Reeves is a film actor who has especially become known for his starring action roles and stuff like Speed in 1994, The Matrix starting in 1999, and the John Wick franchise, which kicked off in 2014. He's also essentially the Mr. Rogers of movie actors and that he's known as being an all-around sweet guy full of kind words and deeds. I guess I didn't do much of a gush, but I'll just say... I think I first saw Keanu Reeves personally. Well, Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. right? It had to be Bill and Ted. It, having an older brother, I was definitely very much introduced to that movie as it came out. It was more my brother's generation movie, but I just remember we all loved it. Uh, kids loved it. It was just this really fun, zany, crazy. It's such a fucking 80s movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just has every, you know, it just has like bro dudes mixed with like historical figures and space. Uh, lords and all this kind of stuff and it just was so wackadoo and ridiculous i think if i was to show someone a relic of the 80s it would either be like that or like howard the duck and i'd be like this is the 80s this is what the 80s were it it, it really is that and then though um speed like it was the summer of speed Mm -hmm. when speed came out we did a whole episode on the matrix uh too i believe yeah so if you want to go back and really like it that's kind of the crazy thing with keanu is like we've already covered him a decent amount just by doing that and that's just such a slice of his life he's just done so much prolific movie actor i of course was obsessed with that first matrix movie especially the matrix i think we'll get into it a little bit but the Filming of The Matrix and the sequels was a incredibly transformative uh, process for him. It literally, oh, yeah. he claimed in interviews that like living in Australia, in Sydney for the filming of those movies was like the longest time he had even just stayed in a single place in his entire life up until that point. He made lifelong friends with his uh, stunt team and Yuan Ping, the fight choreographer. Like uh-huh. he's gone through different eras. Oh, he's yeah. like, did he's evolved like a Pokemon throughout the years? Yeah, and there's different eras. I know 
Speed was the first action movie I ever saw. Yeah. I was 10 years old. I was in the theater and I was just a pure adrenaline thrill ride. I watched it again. And his performance as Jack Traven, the LAPD bomb squad super cop, is so full of brilliant little choices. And it really exemplifies what makes him an incredible action star because he is a man of honor a man always trying to do the right thing, but always hyper-competent, always hyper-agile. Like, he is just as much a Superman as any other big, like, meatcake action star could be, but it comes from a different place where I just remember the scene where he first jumps onto the bus and he's just trying to, like, he knows there's a bomb on the bus. He's trying to keep everyone calm. He's trying to be, like, an amazingly, like, humane and knowledgeable leader without, like, giving away the ghost too much. And then the gangbanger or uh, just, like, pulls a revolver on him because he thinks that uh, he's there to arrest him. And Keanu Reeves gives this great speech. He's like, all right, man, I'm not a cop. I'm going to put my gun down. We're just two cool dudes, okay? <laughs> and like, it was so, like, he's amazing. Yeah. And like, you can, the d- dynamic between him and Sandra Bullock is incredible. The dynamic between him and uh, Dennis Hopper is incredible. The dynamic between him and Jeff Daniels is incredible. He really does play off other people really well. Yes. And it's when he's acting alongside somebody, whether it's my, my own private Idaho or the lake house or something like where the actual subtleties of his performance, like the way that he seems so genuine and present in interviews carries over in his acting performances Yes, where you can tell he's like listening and engaged with his co-stars in a way that I think is a genuine acting achievement. And it's kind of when he's like out on his own giving like, uh, the weird, like, I want room service <laughs> monologue in Johnny Mnemonic or like in the lake house where he's just like trying to like cry to his about his dad. And like, of course, we all made fun of his uh, British accent in Dracula. Yeah. It is, uh, you know, and that's what's so amazing is that like there is no other John Wick but Keanu Reeves. He makes the John Wick series. I don't know. I couldn't imagine anyone else pr- pr- doing that performance, especially based on his own personal tragedies that he had lived through up until that point. However, he also kind of low-key, like, ruins that movie, uh, Dracula. <laughs> he ruins that Bram Stoker's Dracula, like, a little bit. Like, that accent is so hard to, like, ignore or get around that it sort of is this bit of a just a stain on the film. It, it's really interesting that not only has, does he have this pretty cool range of... Uh, acting chops for he different types of action though. films he, and stuff. He doesn't though. That's <laughs> the thing. But he's or, or he's proven himself time and time again. He also has, you know, there's all these examples of, you know, much ado about nothing or you know, all sorts of examples he of him He is a finely kind of, honed weapon that in capable hands can be deadly effective yes. and in less capable hands is just wielded clumsily. Oh my god. I watched a walk among the clouds, which is incredible. It's like this like sweeping kind of old Hollywood love story about Keanu Reeves as a World War II uh, veteran who goes to California and like gets embroiled in a Mexican wine family. And it's just like he's this just perfectly honorable, just captivating guy. But he's really not the core of the story. It's just him reacting to this family Mm -hmm. and he sells it so well. Again, again, when Keanu Reeves is doing it right, he is like your best buddy. You are just immediately comfortable with him. And whether or not that's like 
true acting skill or just the fact that like he moved around so much. He had to make fast friends. His mom like married and remarried a bunch of times. Maybe this is all just an insane coping mechanism that like has has kind of molded him into this larger than life yet grounded figure that we're all obsessed with. But he's just so goddamn captivating. And his ba- his only job now, literally his only job, is just to not fuck it up at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I just to just to to add to that before we get going, I think such a major element of that, Jake, is that in his in real life, he is the consummate observer. Mm-hmm. He is constantly in observation, and that was something that got started at a very young age. We're about to talk about it, and Sandra Bullock also has something to say about it in an interview she did. She talks about how it's almost annoying how good of a listener he is. <laughs> Like he will just he and and then she's like just trying to fill the silence too. Is you have that a lot too when you ask him questions, there'll be this like moment of silence. You know, he gives space to conversation a lot. Oh, so she's just constantly filling that void with stuff, and then you know he'll come back a week later <laughs> with some object that he got because of a, a minor detail in a conversation that they had because he just listens so well and it's like kind of astounding so yeah I think that that's why he is this like sponge which actors need to be like one of the most important things for an actor to do is be a good listener right and oftentimes that doesn't happen so again I think everything you just said speaks towards that and that when he is sort of connected to another actor in a way when he can be their sponge he's perfect and that again is why him and Sandra Bullock have such amazing chemistry and speed and uh dennis hopper and everybody and obviously his dynamic with uh with alex winter and bill and ted also incredible yes a hundred percent yeah and they they are wonderful with each other yeah he's a great duo guy keanu let's get into it was born in beirut in 1964 (laughs) his mother was a costume designer and performer she was also english and his father was of native hawaiian chinese english irish and portuguese descent the grandmother on the father's side is chinese hawaiian uh their parents just kind of met their parents are both kind of drifters which is funny because he got that uh for sure passed down to him they were just found each other in the middle of just wandering exploring the world and they fell in love the name keanu is actually polynesian for cool breeze over the mountains and his father's like i said such a drifter he drifts away from the family when keanu is three years old His relationship with his father seems to be very, very troubled. According to Keanu, the story with me and my dad's pretty heavy. It's full of pain and woe and freaking loss and all that crap. It's said the last time he saw his dad was at the age of 13 in Hawaii. Uh, His father was later arrested. I get 94 when Speed came out. His father was arrested for heroin and cocaine, sentenced to 10 years in prison. Just seems very troubled. And so we immediately have tragedy because to tell the story of Keanu is also to tell a tragic tale. And it starts right here at the age of three. Um, That I think that was very, very, very hard for him, uh, his father leaving and uh, definitely started this path this like life story of tragic events of of early loss that sort of thing i believe it was uh and one of his many many late night appearances that he talked about at that uh family uh gathering in hawaii when he was 13 the last time he saw his father he met a cousin of his who was also named keanu and that was the only other keanu he's ever met and he was just like so (laughs) overjoyed 
to just be able to talk to someone who also knew his burden. <laughs> I, it's so funny. I had the same thing with meeting another Holden, and it went so poorly. <laughs> what do you mean? I met another Hold. I met another Holden through Marcus actually, and we were at this bar, and I was like, "You're also named Holden. That's amazing." So catching the rye, huh? And he was just like, "Yeah, I never really, never really what? cared for it other way." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, just immediately, like everything I tried to throw at him would be like, what about this, huh? It's like, he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I never even really read it. I think Keanu told a similar story. Again, I think it was uh, <laughs> with, uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon. He was like, I was like, hey, how about those cool breezes over the mountains? And his cousin was like, I <laughs> was fucking like, hate cool breezes over the mountains. I like valleys, bro. <laughs> Uh, he spent his time from four to seven moving around quite a bit from Australia to New York City, where his mother met and married a director that she divorced a year later and finally landed in Canada. But that director gave Reeves a taste of the film biz early on. Reeves said, I believe I was 15. It was my summer holiday from school. And for a parent, it's like, what do you do with this kid over the summer? I know we'll make him a production assistant on a movie. So he's doing all this gopher work, but immediately he's observing everything. Everything. This is, uh, and I think this is also his initial uh, interest in the crew as a whole. He loved that it was a team sport. Mm the film set. He loved all the different inner workings. Now, everybody had to pull together to create this thing. His talent at observation really started to come into play at this time. In Toronto, Keanu discovered acting and he was super into that as well very early in life. Reeves said, I was an affable little lad. I had a lot of energy. I liked to run around, like to laugh. I was pretty sweet. I got into sports, but then also enjoyed the performing arts. And even when I was in grade school, auditioned and did plays. I kind of declared I wanted to be an actor when I was 15. I went to a bunch of different high schools playing hockey and acting. I remember when I was in 12th grade being a goaltender on the ho school hockey team, but then doing the Crucible and playing John Proctor and having the hockey team in the first couple of rows. Thanks, fellas, for that. <laughs> and he was, he was. I think they, they called him like the wall or something like that. He was uh, really into hockey as, well, hockey as well. He almost went... Tried to go pro hockey, uh, ended up turning to acting instead. So there is something to early Keanu Reeves that's present in a lot of his performances that uh, kind of is, I think, is kind of mirrored in his life story because he was, you know, he did have this experience with acting and he got into a public school of the arts very early on and he was expelled within a year. According to Reeves, it was uh, he was just a little too rambunctious and shot my mouth off once too often. And that's when he got sent to the other public school or I'm sorry, it was a uh, Catholic school where he became a, high, uh, a hockey goalie. And that kind of like changed his like kind of surroundings a little bit. But in so many, uh, I'm thinking especially of Speed and The Matrix and even John Wick a little. He has that like Gen X, fuck the rules, fuck the man yes. kind of snarling anti-authority kind of. In, when used correctly, it is because he is a man of honor who has his own deep moral code that doesn't just blindly obey the rules in front of him. But like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I think that carries through oh, yeah. in a lot of his performances. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He also uh, said about that time in school, he said, uh, you know, I, I was just... I, I was too much of a person to be like, why? <laughs> but like, why are we doing that? You know what I mean? And I think that that had to do with his hyper observation skills. He's also around this time, he was definitely quite a bit of a loner. I mean, when he wasn't playing with all the kids in the neighborhood, because he was a latchkey mm-hmm. kid. And when he wasn't with the neighborhood kids, he would just get on nearby a nearby subway train in Toronto and ride it back and forth for hours. And he'd get off at random stops and just explore and observe the places and people in a different part of town, something he would continue to do into adulthood it's kind of that sad keanu meme you oh, know yeah. like he would sad keanu train that. keanu that was a big train deal keanu. that it was like he's well, on again, the train and that's why like because, a person that's why because that was his like happy place it's not just like oh he's just like us i think he genuinely like was riding the train to conjure up that childhood experience he would have of just exploration of just getting on a train and letting it go wherever because i feel like now it's that or he had a meeting downtown and didn't want to fuck with parking either could be true i mean that's true Either can be true. As for influences, he cites the 70s movies he watched as a child from, he said, quote, from Chinatown to Harold and Maude and French cinema as well. He also said this. Reeves said, quote, I did a lot of pretending as a child. It was my way of coping with the fact that I didn't really feel like I fit in. But when I was 15, I started doing some acting and I got hooked. And so that kind of is what takes him to the end of his childhood, he drops out of high school at the age of 17. He gets his green card because he's still living in Canada and he moves to Los Angeles. To this day, he is not an American citizen. Yeah. He, uh, he moves to L.A. in 1981. His first listed film credit is in 1984. And from 1984 to 1989, he acts in several different TV movies and whatnot. Nothing to write home about, but pretty steady. I mean, it's a decent amount of shit work. For sure, for those years. Can I tell, can can we tell the story that Keanu told on The Tonight Show about one of his uh, first major decisions when moving to L.A.? Please. Uh, this is uh, as told to Jimmy Fallon on one of his many uh, late night show appearances. He claims that when he arrived to L.A., his management uh, sat him down and said, we got to do something about your name. <laughs> Keanu Reeves isn't, you know, it's weird. It's too exotic. Like we got to, you know, we got to do something just so you can like get your foot in the door. And Keanu describes the fact that he uh, apparently went down to the uh, coastline and looked out into the ocean and contemplated what his new name should be. <laughs> and he confidently returned to his uh, agent and manager and said, all right, I figured it out. Chuck Spadina. <laughs> <laughs> at which point the management was like you know what let's stick with Keanu Reeves <laughs> <laughs> so he gets his instant notoriety with his first major film role and that would be his Ted Logan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to get the role Reeves had to get through a pretty brutal final audition he said the last audition was seven hours long it was like a revolving door with partners 
They were just matching people up. It was sort of sexual. It was sort of like an orgy. Reminded me of Rome. <laughs> but they got who they wanted, I guess. And luckily, I was one of the people they wanted. And it was him and Alex Winter that just had this amazing chemistry. They both clicked in terms of approach. And according to Alex, I love this. This really put the whole picture in a different perspective for me. It was a little bit bigger in the auditions because it's sort of theatrical and we're both mainly theater people. We were sort of into this Commedia dell'arte style, hands up in the air, eyes real big. It got kind of toned down a bit, but it's essentially the same character. And that totally makes sense because they are playing these Commedia archetypes, these like ridiculous mm -hmm. clown. These fools, they're fools. They're actual fools. Yeah. And they're overly uh, floral language that they constantly are bringing into things. You know, the co the combination of like high class vocabulary and low class uh, slang is, is iconic in both of their performances. Yeah. Supposedly it was uh, him and Alex Winter were like sitting in the waiting room around the same time and actually just sparked up a conversation naturally over their love of motorcycles. Uh Oh, and nice. so when it was time for them to actually uh, audition together, they actually had a rapport. And it was um, the original concept of Bill and Ted was the work of uh, two screenwriters, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Chris Matheson, the son of Richard Matheson, the famous sci-fi author and TV writer. And they were originally writing this screenplay based on characters they played at like college, like sketches that they did together. And they were definitely more like Beavis and Butthead, like absolute losers, like total wretches. And the presence of Reeves and Winters completely changed the trajectory of the screenplay because they were too damn likable. It was not like believable that they were losers. They just uh -huh. became these beacons of positivity in the face of just insanely uh, weird scenarios. Yeah. And it kind of like shaped, they, they were just literally too damn golden. They were too damn good to have the original idea of just these like, horny loser idiot 14 year olds and they just transformed the character I have a great quote on that Reeves had this to say about playing Ted I'm playing like a child of the universe a babe <laughs> in the woods an insouciant young man he's not the wittiest guy and not the smartest you know you wouldn't want to talk about quantum theories and stuff like that but I can't I can't talk about that either <laughs> so yeah they definitely really got it and I love that you had, the, had that to say about it because it, it made you feel like there were so many documentations that that time of of the losers that are different and ostracized in society it was kind of refreshing as a loser that felt different and ostracized from society to see who also probably wasn't doing well in standard education yeah all that to see uh, a different a different outlook on those types of people and to see them like welcomed and loved for their differences was actually subtly pretty amazing literally praised as the gods of a future society yeah totally pretty pretty cool you know just the way they like go to San Dimas and like knock it out of the park with this crazy presentation everybody in the school yeah. loves it you know is uh, such a different take oh I'm a, uh, the amazing line of Alex Winter just being like oh I'm fine I just have a moderate Oedipal complex <laughs> 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 so this was his first big success but also set a tough precedent to, precedent to get past early on he said Ted was my goofball alter ego but it didn't give me very much credibility as an actor I'm still trying to erase his memory from my system which is something he said yeah. early. this is an old interview that I've, I pulled that from I don't think he feels like he's uh, lost under it anymore he spends the next couple of years playing Ted like roles in movies like Parenthood and Point Break things 
like that. But at least Point Break does show also like, hey, he can kind of do both of the things. He can like be the Ted, but he can be the mm-hmm. FBI agent. I think that was one of the things that proved him for uh, future stuff like Speed. Around this time, while he's kicking around L.A., uh, he is uh, taking part in intramural local hockey leagues. He's uh, making friends around. And one of those friends, one of those friends just happens to be a uh, just a, a, a young musician uh, who says, hey, uh, my name's Robert. Why don't you join my band? We need a bassist. And he just happens to tack on to a little band known as Dogstar. And because he's such a good bro, no matter what dizzying heights of fame he reaches, whenever he has free time, he always hooks on with uh, Dogstar. And like they've appeared on national television. They appear at music festivals. And, you know, even though the only song that uh, Keanu actually sings in the band is a quick little ditty he wrote about a friend's three and a half year old daughter named Isabel. April, if you could play just a couple of bits of uh, the Isabel live in Japan clip, I think it's very funny. You know, he's just he's a renaissance man. He's living the dream. He's doing things. He's he's just like having fun, getting roles, playing a bass, doing whatever. Yeah, a little fun little whisbrew fact. You know the one episode we brought up Dogstar in before this oh, point? No. Do you remember? I don't. It is actually it is actually Weezer's ah! uh open for them <laughs> as their first gig. I forgot that completely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Weezer was their opening act for a gig. That was, I believe, the first live Weezer performance, if uh if I uh if I'm correct in my memory. But also, I thought you were going to bring this up. This is kind of how he breaks past that stigma of playing Ted a little bit. He does that with 1991's My Own Private Idaho, starring himself and River Phoenix, and it's directed by Gus Van Zandt. Van Zant describes it as follows. Idaho is the story of a rich boy who falls off the hill and a kid on the street. I saw a bit of the hill in Keanu's personality and a bit of the street in Rivers. They played out those extensions of themselves. At that point, Reeves and Phoenix, they were very close friends in LA. They went to a lot of like parties and stuff together, had a great time together. And it was really like the two of them that hyped each other up to do the role. They only wanted to do it if it was the two of them. They wouldn't do it with anyone else. Reeves said... I felt a bit of anxiety about Idaho. I was overwhelmed at what I had to do. It was like, oh no, can I do this? I was afraid. But Gus and River made me fit in. Said, let's do one bitchin' movie. I don't know about you, Riverman, but I was introduced to so many elements through the guy I was playing. This is an interview where he's doing with River Phoenix. Real people, my imagination, Gus's interpretation, Shakespeare. It was rich and it was just bottomless, man. You could go as far as you could go, you know? So thanks to Gus Van Zant and River Phoenix, Reeves is transported to a new level as an actor, something he may never have done without the two of them, like really pushing him to, to do this. Reeves said, I gained a lot of confidence from going through that experience and learned that if you're going to want to achieve anything as an actor, you have to be willing to face down your fears and stare into your soul. I do think that this film is a absolute game changer. I don't think we'd have John Wick without this movie. I don't think we'd have a lot of things 
out of Reeves as an actor without this film, really forcing him to reach. Unfortunately, he gets he 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 uh, flies a little too close to the sun with Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, not too long after this point and Point Break. This definitely put him more of in a negative light. The film was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who had this to say about it. We knew that it was tough for him to affect an English accent. <laughs> He tried so hard. That was the problem, actually. He wanted to do it perfectly, and in trying to do it perfectly, it came off as stilted. I tried to get him to just relax with it and not do it so fastidiously. So maybe I wasn't as critical of him, but that's because I like him personally so much. To this day, he's a prince in my eyes. I know the critics gave him trouble about the accent, but of all the young people I've met in the film industry, he's so endearing and sincere and a good person and a gym generous person. And I'm glad I came to know that he's the nicest person you'll ever want to meet. If you, that is Coppola. If you look up the Wikipedia page for the film, Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, alongside plot, cast, production, box office, there's an entire section just called Reeves performance <laughs> because the, uh, like I said, it really kind of fucks the movie up. I hate to say it, but it really sort of does. Like I remember watching it for the first time. It just, it's hard to get past it because he's in the movie so much and he's talking so much. What are you going to say? Jake? Uh, according to writer for total film, uh, Nathan Didham said he was a dreary, milky, nothing, a black hole of sex and drama. <laughs> I, it makes me feel so bad. Entertainment weekly at the time, described him as out of his depth and frequently blasted off the screen by Gary Oldman. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's really his first big fumble for sure um, at this time. And, and it, unfortunately, he's kind of he, he's doing a lot of just lackluster projects at this point. Much Ado About Nothing was around this time. Even Cowgirls Get the Blues, uh, Gus Van Zant follow up does not hit the same uh, notes or get reach the same success uh, as my own private Idaho. Little Buddha. Oh, Although my God. Little Buddha. Little Buddha. I didn't know Little this Buddha, movie though. was real. I did not understand. <laughs> it does Speaking have an effect, of unfortunate accent work, just don't give him I an know. accent. Don't, don't give, give an Keanu accent. an accent and we're fine. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Or, and unfortunately, like, he loves, loves Shakespeare. And I just, it is not a great fit for him personally. Well, we'll get, in 1995, when he did Hamlet, apparently, he did, he did great. Yeah. 
He did, yeah, yeah. He he did decent in there. So he he, re, he I guess he did, yeah he has he has some provable work there. So but the one good thing about Little Buddha at least though is it does start a very fundamental important element to the Keanu that we know and love today, and that is his connection to Buddhism. He said. Most of the things I've come away with from Buddhism have been human, understanding feelings, impermanence, and trying to understand other people and where they're coming from, which really feeds into what he's excellent, most excellent at, observation, stoicism, Mm -hmm. these sorts of things. So here is where we get to his second big tragedy. Really, the first, the, the, I guess if you want to count his his father's exit mm-hmm. at the age of three as a tragedy, um, this is the next huge Keanu Reeves gut punch. In October of 1993, River Phoenix dies out front of the Viper, uh, Viper Room nightclub in L.A. from a drug overdose. I didn't know a lot of things about this. I It actually made me... I, as as obsessed as I became with Keanu Reeves this week, I also became very obsessed with River Phoenix. I watched my own private idol. Mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I, I, uh, I, it made me miss nineties cinema quite a bit actually, mm-hmm. just because it is just so interesting and different and fun and hits these really cool emotional beats. And and then I just uh, went down the river Phoenix hole. Like apparently he went on a three day bender with John, John Frushanti from the red hot chili peppers. And it was the third night and they were all in this like band together and they played on stage like river Phoenix and all these other people. I think flea was there. There was like a bunch of people there and fucking Joaquin was there, which I didn't know. Joaquin was at the Viper room that night and they were all like playing in this band and party. And on stage, he's like, I, I, I don't feel well. I, I, I got to get out of here. He ends up uh, getting off stage and then he just has this overdose like right out front of the club. And it's it it is this massive gut punch for Keanu in an interview from 2021. I think that like the mo- the heaviest thing this is from 2021. He said it's weird speaking about him in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's 30 years after he passed away. But he, yeah, he just said he was really special person, so original, unique, smart, talented, fiercely creative, thoughtful, brave, and funny, and dark, and light. It was great to have known him, too. Yeah, inspirational. Miss him. Keanu had just started production on an action movie called Speed with his co-star, Sandra Bullock, who would also go on to have a lifelong friendship. Bullock said, I watched how Keanu grieved, and oh, did he grieve for his friend. He's very private, but he couldn't hide that. And just to see that a man like that was able to grieve. And I remember thinking, God, if that's the tip of the iceberg of his depth and his level of love and care for a friend, that just draws you in. And this is the first time in the episode that I am going to cry and get used to it because it's going to happen again. So yeah, uh, he's also... Going into speed, they have to like change the shooting schedule so that he can grieve. He also is dealing with his sister's battle with leukemia during this time. And at this time, this is kind of when Keanu becomes the elevated, like enlightened Keanu that we have become to under that we have now grown to understand him as uh, today with all the memes and everything. The internet's been very kind to Keanu, which is an interesting, rare situation. Keanu said, life teaches you to value things which are truly meaningful. And you begin to stop wasting so much time worrying about useless questions that just deflect you from where you want to go and who you want to be. I feel much more open and present as a human being, and I'm also less anguished in general. I guess I've reached a stage in my life where I've been able to find some clarity and certainty and peace of mind in that. 
which is pretty pretty profound and pretty noble. Because I mean, honestly, a lot of people after that death would maybe just end up becoming like uh, an addict, dropping out of acting, whatever it may be. It seemed to almost like fuel him to work harder, to make deeper connections, to be more in the moment. And um, after this moment, during all of this, he puts out speed and becomes this full-blown action star. It's pretty incredible. There's there is an intensity in his performance in Speed. Um, the scene where what is uh, where his partner, played by Jeff Daniels, you know, gets exploded by Dennis Hopper, and he finds out over the radio, and he like has this very visceral, real reaction. A lot of people claim is in is informed by that recent loss. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Dennis Hopper uh, claims that you know he became very quiet. This is a quote, and it took him quite a while to work it out by himself and calm down. It scared the hell out of him. He said that. Uh, Hopper, who was also friendly with Phoenix, said that he nor Reeves ever discussed the young actor's death on set. I thought it was admirable on both our parts, Hopper said. Hollywood's a very glib kind of town, and it's easy to just make a serious thing light. I felt that not talking about River Phoenix's death didn't put it in some common everyday conversation space. There's also, so yeah, so with Keanu and Sandra Bullock, they definitely, uh, years later it comes out, they both kind of had a crush on each other. Who wouldn't? They have this beautiful relationship. I have some quotes from Sandra Bullock for later in the episode, but that was really fun. That's another thing that made the internet just put them in their happy place. The fact that these two have this relationship that they have. But then, man, he ends up being a part of a film where they go into another world, a digital world, <laughs> where they where he ends up breaking it. It's sci-fi. It's a sci-fi movie that blew the doors off of Hollywood, completely changed the I way. I mean, if only for the futurist vision of how uh, humanity will adapt to a digital era, if only for the cutting edge computer graphics that like really elevated the action and changed how filmmaking was made, if only for uh, Keanu Reeves as a literal empty vessel through which the action of the story can like evolve and the audience can participate in. Obviously, we're talking about Johnny Mnemonic, baby. That's the Ghostbusters. I don't know why. That's the Ghostbusters theme, but you know what I mean. I don't know what the Johnny Mnemonic theme is. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny makes me feel good. Yeah, it's such a weird precursor to the Matrix. The movie is pretty stupid. He does go into like virtual reality, like on a lawnmower man level of computer graphics. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so therefore, like he's, again, he's kind of like throwing out, you know, he's hot and cold. He's the, that, that was, I believe pretty much a dud. He also goes off and plays Hamlet in a theater production uh, of it in Canada of the experience. He talks about how a lot of his anger towards his mother came out and he was able to work through that stuff in the performance, which is pretty cool. And he, he is starting to become a little more discerning. He turns down speed to cruise control and he was actually offered a salary of 12 million instead he took a pay cut to star in the devil's advocate across from al pacino the latter film was positively received and quite successful though reeves does uh have his not so great moments in that one as well mm-hmm. if you look up like master cuts of like let's say poor keanu reeves acting moments uh there's some devil's advocate hmm. now if i if i remember correctly in the devil's advocate 
it was uh, Keanu Reeves' character spoke with a southern accent in this one. A, <laughs> now, Holden, as a native of North Carolina, how would you rank uh, Keanu Reeves' southern accent in that movie? Yeah, I mean, maybe vaguely better than the British one. <laughs> but it's so true. His dialect work is just not... I think he's too... There's just something in his mind, like, I think what makes him such a great life sponge listener, this sort of thing, I think he's really bad at, like, affecting mm. in the same way. Like, like like Coppola said, I think it did really well for him in terms of his approach to learning all that, like, martial arts combat and everything. Mm -hmm. His his focus and his perfectionism and his dedication, I think it did a disservice with the dialect work because, as Coppola stated, he was a little too obsessed with nailing it, and it it, it made his performance more stilted, and it fucked up the accent because uh, he couldn't just relax into it, so it never feels natural when he's trying to do it. Reeves took a massive pay cut just so that the production could get give uh, Pacino his asking price because he was that like desperate and like hungry to be on screen with Pacino and like be in the same space and like learn and work off of him. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool too. And honestly, it, it, gave, it did give him another movie where like maybe he doesn't have great moments in that movie, but Devil's Advocate was very well received and really cool, I'm sure, for him to get to act across Al Pacino. I mean, they're both insane in that movie, by the way. Al Pacino's yeah. fucking crazy in that movie. But, of course, the third real game changer after Bill and Ted and Speed for Reeves' Hollywood career happens in 1999. When Reeve got a hold of the script for The Matrix, he said he, quote, just mainlined it. It had some of that thought training, reading about multi-personality universes and perspectives. So when I came across the script, thinking about this reality and this matrix and then anime agents and the idea of thought control of what's reality and virtual reality, yeah, I felt pretty at home in those. Those are stories and perspectives on storytelling that I prefer. There's always a relationship, a drama, a circumstance in storytelling. But for me, it's cool when a work of art can entertain but also be inspirational or challenging or I'm going to bring up the old bard hold the mirror up it's much more rewarding because it means that you're getting into it asking questions looking at the diamond and seeing which ways the light refracts and reflects is very similar to kind of even what he was talking about why he was a bad student in high school it can be everything from be excellent to each other in the circumstance of bill and ted and those characters going against all odds to the matrix which is you know what truth confronting systems of control and thinking about will and love and who we are and how we are. Carrie Ann Moss, another leading lady in his life that has nothing but great things to say about him uh, in their working relationship. His work ethic is unlike anyone I've ever met, and I've seen it up close. He trains harder, works harder, cares more, always asks more, and more questions to understand the depth of what we're doing. And while he was doing all of that for himself, he always had an eye out for me. Keanu Reeves' stunt guy for the movie, Chad Stileski, he spoke about how, quote, he's hugely team-oriented, and that, quote, he eats, sleeps, hangs out with the crew. He's the guy that'll take the camera guy out. He's very crew-oriented. He loves that world. He loves being a part of it, which really tracks, especially with his early childhood love of being on that film set and seeing everybody together. It's just all great stuff. Oh, I mean, the relationship with him and the stunt staff and the and the wire work people like is legendary we went into exhaustive yeah. detail in our matrix episodes on just how he would like give extra money to the crew he would like give them gifts he was like a such a fucking mensch 
to this uh, kind of out of their element team that was like brought over into the Hollywood system for the first time. It's uh, in a way his performance in The Matrix kind of like mirrors his own evolution. You know, in the first uh, part of the first movie playing Thomas Anderson, he's like kind of a shithead. He's kind mm-hmm. of got a ship on his shoulder. He's flipping the bird. He's cursing. He doesn't quite know what's going on. And through his induction into The Matrix, he kind of rejects it. He, he goes through a crisis and then finally kind of embraces kind of his new Zen-like power and kind of just becomes a natural leader. It's, 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 it mirrors. Kind of, it's, it mirrors his life in an interesting way, much like, unfortunately, John Wick will mirror his life in interesting ways. It really is like, he kind of found that enlightenment within himself. I just covered that a little bit, you know? It's really fascinating. Yeah. And of course, so he connects with it. And like he said, it's, it's the movie's all about asking questions, all about like breaking out of systems and totally just feeds into, you know, evidently how he was, you know, in school and any kind of structural situation. He's a wanderer. He likes to be out wandering free to roam and observe stoically at peace. That's the kind of guy he seems to come off as, you know? And so it's it's really cool that that he, he ended up uh, doing The Matrix. There's a great clip that we watched at the Sunday study session. Go to patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Find out how you can join the Sunday study group and uh, take part in future research and future topics where just on the red carpet and one of The Matrix premieres, just a random reporter just kind of gets him and just uh, barks out a... Uh, so how do you feel the Matrix uh, mirrors or like works with your own Buddhist philosophy? And Keanu just stands there silently for like 10 straight <laughs> seconds, just like in deep contemplation. I will say, to be fair, he always does that when he answers a question in an interview, but he still, always go does on. that. Uh, looks up and just says the importance of choice and then walks away. <laughs> and it's so goddamn cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I love how thoughtful he is is in different ways not just like in answering interview questions but also it seems to be like with the people in his life and everything like he just really does fit the mold i swear to god if there are bodies in the basement i'm gonna be so bummed out it is like like i said it's his one job don't (laughs) kill anybody don't molest anybody don't gaslight anybody i I meant it when i said he's like the mr rogers of film actors i mean he really he's really uh close to going down as like the most pure beautiful soul like in all of hollywood (laughs) it's his his actual job is no longer actor yeah his or bespoke motorcycle owner. Thank you, Jake. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's bigger than all of it. It doesn't matter that he he is is terrible in some of his movies or all this, that, the other, or even yeah. the mate that he is the you know main protagonist of the Matrix or however you want to see him as this great acting uh, action star. It, it's 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 going to become it's slowly but surely becoming bigger than all of it. And unfortunately, we have to get into the 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 pre. Uh, Essentially, the precursor to his ability to be so strong in John, uh, 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 John Wick. But yes, uh, Keanu Reeves, he met Jennifer Syme. Uh, they got into a relationship in 1998. She was an actress who cut her teeth as David Lynch's assistant and appears as a drug addict in his film Lost Highway. And she did some other roles, not a ton more after that. But sadly, in 1999, Syme gives birth to their daughter at the eight-month mark. Uh, therefore, her daughter does not their daughter does not survive. And the two ended their relationship not long after that in early 2000. They end up rekindling it in 2001. And 
And then in April of that same year, Symes attends a party at of all people, Marilyn Manson's house where she became inebriated. A friend drove her to her Jeep. Uh, actually, it looks like it. she drove her to her back to her apartment. She then decided to go back to the party, I guess. So she got in her Jeep and she ends up driving it into some parked cars and she dies instantly. Keanu said, I don't think you ever work through it. Grief and loss. Those are things that don't ever go away. They stay with you. And there's not, I mean, besides that sentiment, you don't even have him talking very much about it. You you know the facts of what happened. I don't know if you have any pull quotes or anything, Jake, but I mean, this just obviously capsizes him emotionally and is just really connects him more than more so than ever, even after, you know, his uh, everything with his father and River Phoenix. This really like brings him very, very cl- like it, it really, really just encapsulates him in grief on a level that is just now a part of his personality. (laughs) It's so the the sadness of just thinking about him having gone through all of this, immediately having to fly back to Australia and just get like mo-capped and put in all sorts of dumb rigs. The Matrix comes out like all through this time. Like the Matrix comes out in 99. Yeah. He's he's already jumping into making the sequels and everything. So all this is going on with that with that in the background. And it's, uh, yeah, it does give, well, you know, this isn't like, this wasn't headline news at the time. It's only kind of as the internet memified him and like the sad Keanu thing started bouncing around, uh, what was that? Like around 2009, 2010, that people are like, you, you know, this actually, this happened to him. And everybody was like, holy shit. You know, he, he is a fairly private guy. You know, he doesn't he's not like a, one of those celebrities that goes out of their way to just like be photographed and shown how happy and like perfect he is all the time. Tom Cruise, I'm looking at you. And so it it kind of adds to this like lore, but also it is a very personal tragedy. Um, you know, if you look at it again, like if you look at any biography, it says, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves, children, one deceased like it's in his recent comic book that he put out, uh, Berserker, you know, he kind of wrote this this immortal character who is, like, doomed to just be this, like, weapon of war who can never know true love, who can never start a family, who just has to, like, patiently observe as the eons go by. And it's like, mm. he, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh... It's it's you can't define your life by loss, but like it definitely affects it. It definitely Uh, leaves a a mark. You are a changed person afterwards. Absolutely. So all through the aughts, while continuing to star Matrix movies, Keanu did a wide variety of films, romantic comedies, dramas, you name it. And even movies he was tricked into doing. Did you know this story? Uh, He starred as a charming serial killer in the movie The Watcher, completely and fully out of obligation. There's this guy named Joe Charbonick who was a hockey buddy of his and a movie director, and he got Reeves to give a verbal commitment to being in his next picture. Charbonick then went and rewrote the role. It was like a small role. He rewrote the role to make him the lead mm-hmm. and even had another friend forge a signature on the contract, which is something they could not prove. Oh. So Reeves 
Reeves's lawyers. This is like um, Theodore Rex all over again. For is like the the mm-hmm. this is Whoopi Goldberg moment. Reeves' lawyers urged him to do the movie since they couldn't prove any of this, and Universal even let him off the hook from promoting the film so long as he could. Uh, he waited a full year to tell his side of the story. Jesus. So they were like, "Look, we won't force you to do all the like interviews and pr- promotional shit. Just don't tell anybody what happened until after the movie's been out for a year." <laughs> Which is so <laughs> crazy. Um, so that's got to be really annoying for him. Later in the decade, he does star as John Constantine in Constantine. And this was pretty well received. I think this was kind of one of his One of his best performances, performances, in all yeah. honesty. Uh, like, it's at the same time, he is not like a neophyte. He's not like Neo, where he's just like completely new to this world. But he is this, he plays a very convincing version of the comic character. This this grizzled man who has just been embroiled in these world of magic and demons and is just like at his breaking point and just trying to like get out. I think it's a testament to the director, a testament to the effects team. It really is like a fantastic movie and doesn't get talked about enough in the canon of pre-Marvel comic book movies. It's genuinely fantastic and he is incredible in it. He's also very fun in A Scanner Darkly. Uh-huh. If we want to talk about, uh, you know, some good Philip K. Dick vibes, uh, the way he did, you know, his uh, the scene where he bangs his head on the kitchen uh, cupboard and like the secrets of the universe are revealed to them I is burned into my head. He also reunites with Sandra Bullock in the lake house, which posits, what if you had a magic time mailbox and you got to talk to uh, Sandra Bullock <laughs> through it and the results is romance. <laughs> then 2008 kicks in and it's a kind of a weird one, two punch where uh, Mr. Suicide Squad, David Ayer is on his like, what if every cop in LA was crooked, oh, but this like one. especially crooked uh, street Kings is a very bizarre experience. It's Keanu Reeves and Chris Evans uh, kind of doing a training day kind of thing. And Keanu Reeves' character is just a, he's like blurting out ethnic slurs. He's kicking and like taking bribes. He's just beating up gangbangers. He's just like, it's almost, it's almost hilarious watching this guy that we have come to know as this like thoughtful, kind, kind of uh, Zen warrior man as just this like corrupt piece of shit. Uh, it, it all blurs together. David Ayer made like three or four different movies all about fucking shitty cops in L.A. And then The Day the Earth Stood Still, a remake of a classic 1951 sci-fi movie in which Keanu Reeves stars as Klaatu. Maybe you recognize Klaatu Verada Nikto, famous sci-fi phrase. It is a massive, massive uh, special effects, like blockbuster kind of thing. But Keanu is playing as this like alien visitor, this kind of Jesus-like figure And it's just, he's just not quite up to the task. It's just another situation where in less capable directing hands, he's just kind of just a blank canvas that is not making enough choices and not really hitting it home. And, you know, he's playing the role as a cold, distant alien well, but 
he's carrying the whole movie on his shoulders and it just doesn't quite obviously when Gort shows up, the movie picks up because everybody loves. Uh, Gort. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my Gort t-shirt sitting right over here, but then they turn Gort into like, instead of being a cool big robot, they turn him into just like a generic CG cloud of like little nano bugs. And it's just like, what, what are we even doing? Where's that's not my Gort. Uh, also in 2013, he made his directorial debut with the martial arts film, man of Tai Chi. He got assistance for this film about a man who joins an underground fight club from uh, Matrix fight choreographer Yuan Wu Ping. This too got a generally positive response from audiences and critics and that's what paves the way for John Wick baby in 2014. Keanu returned to a bit of obscurity. I just I cannot state enough that the period between 2008 to 2013 is kind of a low point. He's getting older he kinda like, doesn't, you know, he's not the baby faced like California dude that. Yeah, he it's kind of like the lead up to speed a little bit like he, he just hit yeah. kind of this. Yeah, just every project was whatever he was just he hadn't hit that nostalgia factor yet for people as well. Mm-hmm. We're like, I miss this guy. Where was this guy? Like he sort of is in that. He didn't grow the beard. Yeah, yet. He didn't have the beard yet. He just it really was John Wick that just changed everything. It just put him in a completely new perspective, along with all the memes and stuff. John Wick comes along an action film with a starring role. It's perfectly melded for Keanu Reeves' history, of course, of loss and pain with his own love and uh, uh, love life and everything. And uh, also, though, incorporates the stunt work that Keanu had been honing for the almost the 15 years at that point. So it really was this perfect melding of his personal life and his professional working life in this like amazing way. I mean, I fucking love John Wick. And uh, this is the part we're going to tell you. We're not going to spend very much time at all on John Wick because next week we are doing a full-on John Wick episode. So you're going to get yeah. an entire episode on the franchise. So we, we, we're we going to kind of move past it. But just say, note that it totally reestablishes him as essentially the Keanu we have today with the long hair and the beard, this like interesting loner, sad Keanu, all of it. And the internet just really latches on to not just like a love for the John Wick franchise, but also on top of that, a love for Keanu Reeves, the man over the past several years and everything he's been through and everything that we keep hearing about him, because I'm going to find out if he really killed those guys with a pencil or if that was a special effect. (laughs) Because, yeah, it's like uh, on one hand, speed makes Keanu an action star. The Matrix associates him with redefining the genre. John Wick puts him at goat status, essentially, as action star. Mm -hmm. While this is going on, you've got sad Keanu memes. Um, You've got the park bench staring off the abyss. Then you have the story from Octavia Spencer shared about Reeves in 2020 about when her car broke down and he just shows up on his motorcycle, helps her push her car (laughs) off the road. It's this beautiful story. Look it up. She says, doesn't matter what movie it is now, any movie he's in that comes out, she gets a ticket opening weekend and goes to see it. Uh, That's the kind of effect he had on her. Then you have Sandra Bullock saying stuff like this. Keanu is a guy who I feel like is friends with every woman he's ever dated. I don't think there's anyone who has something horrible to say about him. And the longer time goes on, the more in awe I am of him, of the human being. Uh, she goes on to tell a story about how he's such a great listener. She mentioned offhanded one time that he'd ne- uh, she'd never had champagne and truffles. So he just shows up at her house one day with flowers, champagne and truffles so that she can try them. Are you supposed to? Is it like raspberries in the champagne? Are you supposed to like just eat a whole truffle? 
not, I'm not sure. It's the little champagne. details, I think, just that she never tried the two. And maybe he was like, you have to. They're so good that way or something. And how she paints his nails because she was with a girlfriend. They were painting nails. So she paints his nails. They hang out and have champagne and truffles. And he was actually on his way to a date. So he was just stopping in really quick to do that. And then like headed out for this date he had. Then he, of course, resurrects the ridiculous role of Ted along with Alex Winter as Bill in 2020, which was honestly, if you remember, at least for me, it was this tiny bright light during a really difficult time we were all going through in pandemic. I actually did a group watch of it, of the movie. It was amazing. With a bunch of people over Zoom, and it was awesome. Then, of course, he goes on to do The Matrix Resurrections. This plays you know, to varying results, but nonetheless, it was such an awesome move by Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. And also, if you remember, I don't know if we talked about it in our Matrix episode, but this movie was written by Lana Wachowski to help her grieve the losses going on in her life. Mm -hmm. And this was a way for her to process all of that. So again, we're just like connecting everything to grief. I am a diehard Matrix Resurrections defender. I think it is a fascinating movie. I think... Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are fantastic in it. I love the way that they kind of raise issues about like the commercialization of the original movies, how the meaning that they wanted was lost, how it's been co-opted. The action is fascinating. There's like so many great little choices in that film that whatever oddities that could take you out of it in any given scene are just not enough to make it a bad movie. I would highly recommend it if you were like put off by weird reviews or just that you didn't have HBO Max at the time like it is in fact a fantastic little like end note on the Matrix franchise and then you have his relationship with Alexandra Grant a visual artist who met Keanu Reeves in 2009 at a party and together they released two beautiful poetry and art books and those books ruminate on that loss and grief and the two of them connect on all of that stuff and form this beautiful relationship that they end up going public with in 2019 i will say i'm just gonna say you know what no commentary lady looks a lot like his mom <laughs> lady looks a lot like his mom and then you have this moment from an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert that left the host speechless and literally made me cry every single single time I watched it over this past week. And I watched it a few times. I don't know why. Maybe just because I needed it. Mm -hmm. But uh, April, can you please play for us um, the the moment I'm talking about, the moment I'm referencing from the uh, Stephen Colbert show? What do you think happens when we die, Keanu Reeves? I know that the ones who love us will miss us. So just to just to really unpack that moment, Stephen Colbert famously yes. had immense personal tragedy in his childhood when he lost his father and two brothers uh, in a plane crash when he was 10. And he's connected with Joe Biden about this. Like it is it is also just a part of his life that was forever changed by loss. And in the middle of this, like he rattles off like, oh, what do you think happens, Keanu Reeves, Mr. Zen Master? And the the speechlessness, like the act, like here's a man whose entire job is just to be like hot cha 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 TV talk show guy, just completely taken aback in a moment of profound emotional truth. Just like, just and has to end the yeah. segment. It's such a powerful moment. Yeah, it's so good. And all all of all of these things kind of happen like domino effect starting around I mean really starting with John Wick. So let's say 2014. So over the last mm-hmm. I guess almost 10 years 
every single time you hear about Keanu Reeves, it's this like beautiful, amazing, great soul moment that just like feeds you. And so Keanu, I swear to God, if you if there are bodies in the basement, I'm going to be so fucking mad because uh, it's bigger. You know, say what you want to say about Holton, it. Holton, don't my, Holton, don't worry. I have, <laughs> I have practiced mindfulness. If you hear anything about me, brother, uh, that was Johnny Silverhand doing <laughs> it, not me. Johnny Silverhand's fucked up. All right, I can control that guy. So he is. He embodies me. We share a body, but I. But if you hear anything, that was Johnny Silverhand <laughs> from the hit game Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> You're breathtaking. I forgot about that. Moment. I meant to list that Holden. moment as well as another one of those. Just like man, Keanu's amazing. So no matter what you think. Wait, of- I'm last last thing. 2019's always be my maybe where he plays yes. this hyper version of himself. The fucking drinking the wine, crying with the headphones on, another meme. Yes. If you open up Etsy.com and look up his name, just like Nick Cage, countless stores dedicated to plastering his face on mugs, T-shirts, coasters, just iPhone cases. The man just embodies the ideals and dreams of a very specific I keep using this honorable warrior. He is the unproblematic fave. He is at once strong and capable, but present and empathetic. He is the actual non-toxic masculine ideal for our current era. And if, like we said, Keanu, don't fuck this up, bro. Just don't (laughs) fuck this up. And it's why I also say, no matter what you might think about any of his performances in the past or the way you view him as an actor in terms of uh, skill and quality, it doesn't matter because it's bigger than all of that. And I just like love that he exists. I just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fucking fan, man. And I'm a fan more so than I ever was before because we did this episode. April had it! Bigger, faster, and stronger too. He's the first member of I just Why would you do that? <laughs> wanted to ruin this moment with that. You sure did. You sure <laughs> did. For me, at least. The moment has been ruined for me. But yeah, I just love this man, this beautiful, beautiful man. And that's all I got left to say. Jake, anything else before we wrap this up? You got to watch A Walk in the Clouds. It is so right. beautiful. <laughs> he's such a strong and committed man. Uh, it's He's so delighted by Mexican people and their hilarious ways. I mean, that's not how they how they wanted that to be filmed, but it is a lot of Mexican uh, people doing charming things. And Keanu Reeves is going, huh, yeah, that is pretty charming. <laughs> So funny. It's and it's it's you know it's off the beaten path. It's 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 not his usual uh indie uh stuff or his usual action stuff. It's a very I specific flavor too, of Keanu. Definitely check out my own private Idaho. It's beautiful. River Phoenix is incredible in it, and uh Keanu is great, and it's just such an interesting, fun, weird as fuck, different kind of movie. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to support us further, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash WizBrew. $5 a month gets you ad-free episodes. A bonus episode from us every week where we talk about different types of things. Lately, we've been making tier lists, talking about different big news stories that pertains to WizBrew stuff, all that good stuff. So check us out. At $15 a month, you got the study session every Sunday where we cover whatever. This last time, we watched a bunch of clips from... 
Uh, Keanu Reeves, th- this and and this Sunday, we're going to be watching John Hell Wick. Hell yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, so yeah, check us out on that. Patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Check me out. Twitch.tv forward slash hold to nature's hoe. Streaming Monday through Friday. It's always a good time. Check me out. Twitch.tv forward slash hold to nature's hoe. Jake? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young. Instagram at Best Jake Young. And hey, uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, I do a little stream called The Cartoon Dumpster in the guise of my VTuber avatar, Puppet Jared. Uh, we watch weird old cartoons and have a blast. You can find it going to twitch.tv slash Puppet Jared or youtube.com slash Puppet Jared. Thursdays, The Cartoon Dumpster, 7 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. That's that's my new catchphrase. All right. Check it out. And always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing. Hold on, can I do that again? Sure. Keep on whizzing. You know what? I, just use the first one. It's fine. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.